0: At the start of 2021, we set out on a journey. All of us. This is terrible. (laughs) Oh, You don't want me to have commentary with it? No, I just, I feel like I said that terribly. I said, we. (laughs) 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 This is going to be hard.
1: (laughs) It's not hard. (laughs) You got this.
0: At the start of 2021, we set out on a journey with Jesus to disciple students. The dream is that students would graduate high school completely committed to following Jesus for the rest of their lives. Leaders are the expression and the example of Christ to our students. Students are the heartbeat of our family and discipleship happens through relationship. Together, we are the dream team. Today, we're talking about our why. We share our reasons for wanting to disciple students and invite you to consider what motivates you. There it is.
1: So here we are. (laughs) We're talking about discipleship. Yep. Hey, what's up? I hope uh, if you're listening, hello to all of you. Um, I hope that this helps you. I thought of, Nathan, when's the first, here's a question I have, the first time that you realized that
0: you were being discipled? Mm. That's a good question I think I had frustration for a while Feeling like I wasn't being discipled mm-hmm. Only to find out later that I had been being discipled for years before that Without even realizing it
1: Yeah mm-hmm. I think like I came up with a story I was thinking last night as, we, as I was thinking about Kind of this podcast This recording that we're doing And I'm now looking back I um, remember like my discipleship actually starting. It was this moment where Pastor Sean, he asked me to come intern with him. And he told me to come to the church at like six in the morning for like a 15 yeah. year old kid. He's like, get here at six in the morning. Well, I was late. <laughs> I was late. So it didn't start off good. Oh gosh. And uh, so I was like an hour and a half late, got there at 7.30. He, he, he's playing disc golf on the disc golf course, right? And he he literally says this to me. I get there, he's like, Would you have been here if I would have offered you a million dollars? I was like, yeah. He's like, what about a hundred thousand? I was like, yeah. He's like, ten thousand, a thousand. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes all the way down to twenty dollars. He's like, would you have been here if I offered you twenty dollars? I was like, yeah. He's like, you really like that, buddy. He goes, he goes, then why is my time any less important or valuable? And he walks off and it was this moment. At the time, I was like, man, this internship is gonna suck. But looking back, right, like that was for me that I see like my discipleship st- like started almost like that was at least a point where I was like, okay. From looking back, from where I am now, like it was that moment that like kick started hmm. the process of me being discipled. And um, I wouldn't have even called it that once it started. I wasn't like I wasn't saying yeah, I'm being discipled by, by Pastor Sean, but I yeah. actually think like the best type of
0: discipleship is when the person being discipled doesn't even realize yeah. they're being discipled. Yeah. Like looking back when I was in high school, there was every Sunday after church, the youth pastor would invite all the students over to his house. We'd hang out and play games for like three hours. I wasn't I had, loving it. I had You're no concept <laughs> that that was discipleship. Exactly. Right? Or like things of older men in the church inviting me to go do like service projects on Saturday my mindset was like, oh, I'm getting like community service hours. I'm going to hit these, get these awards at school. And and no thought in my mind was I thinking that, oh, I'm going to go do this to be discipled by older men in the church. Right. But really that's what it turned out to be.
1: Yeah. So like discipleship is almost like a covert ops type thing (laughs) Yeah. from the discipler. And the kid just thinks they're either having fun. They're being able to get out of the house. They're getting community service, whatever, or they're just, getting made to work, yeah, <laughs> but they don't see it. But I think that that's good. I don't even know if the disciples really understood like what was yeah. happening fully. They were just like, who is this man? And then they came and kind of followed him.
0: Yeah. This is going to take us away over time, but I'm going to, th- I'm going to throw in this story <laughs> just for fun. Okay. okay. When I first got to Crossroads, one of the first people that really started like spending time with me and Marissa um, doing stuff outside of church was Pastor TJ and Veronica. And I remember one time he's literally texted me. He's like, hey, we're going to Trader Joe's for our Saturday grocery shopping. Do you want to come with? Sure, whatever. Like, that that sounds great. Sounds fun. We're not doing anything. So we went with them. Afterwards, we go by the farmer's market and we're like just doing a couple of things in downtown Dallas. As I'm talking to him, um, I'm telling him about like, oh, one of the things I'm looking forward to is like, eventually being discipled by other people who are older than me and me discipling younger people. And he um, he gave me this thought about trying to have other people disciple me without them realizing it and have me disciple other people without those people realizing it. Yeah, I realized in that moment that that's exactly what he was doing to me Yeah, was he was trying to disciple me mm-hmm. without me even realizing it. And I'm like, oh, so th- this is why we're meeting up and going to to go grocery shopping and getting yeah. food and stuff because you're trying to disciple me. I see, how, I see what's going on. That's what I'm
1: saying, Covered up. Yeah. So I think like as leaders, as you're listening to this and even as we're talking about it, I think like the mark – or not the only mark, but one of the marks is your student not even really realizing – That you're doing this, but you are. And I think that that takes a lot of pressure off, right? Yeah. It takes a lot of pressure, a lot of, uh, I don't know, stress, whatever it might be. So we're going to go really quick to our whys. I mean, we have to be willing to disciple people if we're going to disciple, which means we have to have a why. So um, we're going to kind of kick it off. Nathan, what are some of your whys of when you wake up, you're like, man, I disciple people or students or whoever because of this. And maybe you, y'all can take it home with you.
0: Yeah, yeah. One of the, the things that comes to mind for me is just realizing how many people that I've come, I've, I've seen come to the church and have that moment of accepting Christ and choosing to follow Jesus for the first time and how real of a moment that is for them. Only to see them a couple of months later, a couple of years later, yeah. no longer in the church, mm. and from what I've what seems like so much passion and excitement for Jesus, it just seems like it 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 fades for some reason. Yeah. Right. And realizing that discipleship and pouring into the life of someone else, you are protecting the the progress that they're having in their relationship with Christ. Yeah. Yeah. You are allowing that decision that they're having to choose to follow Christ. You're allowing that decision to actually bear fruit. Yeah. Because I, I think when we get to the the end of our life and we look back and decide if we, um, if we're quote unquote saved, yeah. I think it's going to look a lot more like, are you following Jesus more than did you raise your hand for an altar call? Yeah. And I, I want People to be able to look back on their life and realize that they were following Jesus more than just I raised my hand one time when I was six years old. Yeah,
1: and we are prote- We get to be the protectors of that. We yeah. get to be the the almost stewards. It's like you know when you have a new baby, like yeah. you're protecting them, you're helping them, you're thing like re- not resourcing, but like uh, yeah, covering them
0: in all of those in all of those ways. And I think that that's huge. Yeah. And I think the, the thing with that too is realizing that in that moment, realizing that you're needed mm-hmm. and that you as a leader, as someone who's been walking with Jesus mm-hmm. for for months, for years, the, these new baby Christians they actually need you in that moment. They yeah. need you to help nurture that, that growth in Christ and protect that for them.
1: Even if they never say it, because yeah. most of the time they don't know it, yep, they don't know they need you, mm-hmm. and sometimes they don't want you, yeah, <laughs> but it's okay because that's what we're called to. For me, um, and it sounds like super basic, but um, I make disciples because I am one, yeah, and I think that that glosses over us sometimes, but I think for me, like you know, if physically, if we're not, re, if we're not able to reproduce, you know, we go to the doctor, we're like, okay, what's, what's going on? What, what What's the deal? Like, obviously something has to be wrong if that's unable to happen. And I think for us, like spiritually, if we are not reproducing ourselves, are we really the disciples that we say that we are? Yeah. Because I believe that and I, I believe scripture says that we should be, dis, as disciples, we should be discipling. And... Um, and uh, you can hear that car, huh? Yeah, vroom, vroom. And um, I think that, you know, for us, like we have to ask the question of if we call ourselves a disciple of yeah. Christ, but we aren't doing what he last commanded us and also doing what he modeled for us to do, are we really closely following him or are we just kind of trailing behind him with the crowd, wanting him to feed us, you know, like in John chapter six, wanting him to meet our needs in the moment, Yeah, but we're not willing to stay with him and to follow what he modeled for us to follow. So yeah. for me, I'm like, I am a disciple, therefore I will make disciples. It's who I am. And I think that we have to have that mentality.
0: Yeah, sometimes I think we we think about the fruit of abiding in Jesus, and we think so much about oh, me bearing fruit is having love, having, having joy, peace, patience. But what if bearing fruit and abiding in Jesus, the fruit is other people, yeah, who have love, who joy, have those peace. things, right?
1: Yeah. It's like so many. Oh man, I just think that a lot of times we focus so much, like. And I talked about last night, like on us, on me, on like I need to grow and that's fine and that's good and we need to do that. But can our fruit be other people? Mm-hmm. you know, that, th- that are, that are growing, that are moving forward. Like that is our reproduction. Like that is what God commanded us to do. And I think that sometimes we're all, we're always, Man, I just need to grow in here. I need to do this, but no, we need to grow other people. Yeah. And through that, we're going to grow. Right. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. And you, you mentioned, um, following Jesus and expecting him to feed you. Mm. Another thing that motivates me to be making disciples is the the question I get a lot, or maybe the the statement I get a lot from people when I'm talking to them and they're saying, "Oh, you know, I'm not really getting fed at this church." Ooh, I want to, I, I want to go conviction, to this other church.
1: conviction, yeah. fall
0: on them right now. And I'm, like, I, if this goes worldwide, I hope people are convicted. <laughs> <laughs> I just hear people saying, "I'm not getting fed." Yep. by this preaching, by this worship, by this community. And so I'm going to go somewhere else to a different church body and look for it. That feeds right?
1: me, that makes me feel better, feel good. Yeah. Oh, so good.
0: Well, I was, I was looking at the Bible and I got wrecked by this. There's a story in John 4. Jesus has just finished talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. So that helps you yeah. l- lock in where we're at, right? The disciples come back after this moment and they ask if, if Jesus wants any food. And Jesus is like, No. I'm I'm good and they're like what who who gave you food?
1: What yeah. what are you talking about? No, and, they
0: literally like said that,
1: right? Yeah, they they're said, like did somebody go get a food. Yeah. <laughs> the disciples were dumb sometimes, <laughs> right? They're like, "What?"
0: And then <laughs> somebody must
1: have got a food so, and we didn't get to, right?
0: <laughs> so savage Jesus moment right now, he's just like, "No. My food is to do the will of the one who sent me." He Jesus took them <laughs> to do his work. And it's like, "Oh, his disciples probably in that moment are like, "What what the heck are you talking about? What?" But Jesus like brings it, like, I don't know. I don't punches know what it is. Yeah, like he punches, punches us, us in the gut. Yeah. He just like hits them really hard in that moment of just the fact that like we are sustained and we are fed not just by like other people pouring yeah. into us, but by doing so the work that God has for us. So by good. actually going out and serving, by actually going out and making disciples so good I, yeah i I'll, this is probably my
1: favorite point of the whole podcast like this because yeah like we're, we're so again thinking about man we need to be fed we need to have but like god feeds us god renews us god refreshes us through the serving, through the making of the disciple, through seeing somebody else grow. Yeah. And sometimes, just like Jesus, like, no, I'm fed by doing the will of my Father. Man, we're fed by doing those things.
0: Yeah, so here's here's the question then. If you feel like you're not being fed, maybe the problem isn't the sermon, the problem isn't the worship, maybe you need to reevaluate how are you serving in church? Oof. Are you actually putting yourself in a position to make disciples?
1: Big oof right there. Right. Uh, one of my reasons of why is because I believe all my heart that um, the be with factor is greater and more life-changing than the I told you factor. Yeah. You know, I think all of us have had parents maybe that have said, uh, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Right? My dad used to tell me that all the time. I hope he's not listening to this podcast. (laughs) But he really is like, do as I say, not as I do. Like, literally. And uh, that's just not kingdom. That's just not obviously what Jesus would want us to do. And I think that, and I'll, I'll keep this one short, but I think the being with factor is so much stronger and so much more life-changing than the, I told you to, Yeah. we can preach to people. We can, we can text them and tell them what to do. We can get on the phone and do all those things, but no, no, no. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not gonna tell you what music to listen to. I'm gonna be with you and show you what music I listen to. Yeah. I'm not gonna tell you just control your temper. I'm gonna show you what I do when I'm in the car and my temper is short, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna react to it. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just tell you, hey, don't cuss. You're gonna watch and see how I how how I carry myself and how I converse with people and what, you know, the words that come out of my mouth, all of those things, Mm -hmm. you know, you probably have other examples and throw them in there, but like the be with factor, like I learned more literally
0: exactly what Jesus did. Yeah, Right. He took his, his 12 disciples and he's literally said, be with me, follow me, walk with me for three years.
1: Yeah. And that's another thing. Like the be with factor, it's not like be with for a week. Yeah. It's not like be with for, for a month. It's be with me. While we're doing life together, like another thing, it's like practical things. I'm not going to just tell you to tip. I'm going to show you that I'm generous, right? I'm not just going to tell you to be generous. I'm going to show you through everyday life. This is why I tip. This is even if it's bad service, because we are generous people we have to understand that my why is that I believe that through discipleship, not just teaching, not just preaching, because I do it for a living. It's easy for me to just say, oh, I preach to them, whatever. But being
0: with them is how we change lives. And that is what discipleship should look like. Yeah. And when you think about learning something in a way that impacts you, in a way that you learn it for the rest of your life, it's so much more meaningful to do something alongside someone else mm-hmm. rather than be handed a textbook and say, here's your 10 principles for doing this right. Yes. And if we were to just send the students to to service every every Sunday and say, listen to the sermon, every sermon they're going to give you a three-point sermon and it's going to be a great, you're going to have everything you need to follow Jesus. And even if they did have everything they need. they, they It wouldn't be learning. It wouldn't be impactful in a way that reaches into the depth of who they are and changes yeah. them. Because Jesus could have done that. Yeah. And he didn't. Yeah. He
1: did what what we're trying to do through Dream Team.
0: Yeah. Jesus, Jesus didn't say, hey, come back to the same spot every single Sunday. Right. And I'll tell you everything you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, here's the next one. Next one um, of a reason that motivates me to disciple sh- students is when I think about the whole narrative of Scripture— What I jump back to is at the very beginning of the Bible, we got God commissioning mankind and saying, hey, go be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and you guys will be my representatives to the entire world. And I think the people of Israel tried the best they could throughout the Old Testament to do that. But then you see Jesus at the end of his ministry, and he says something very similar, but he says, go and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I command. I think those two mm-hmm. calls are connected. Yeah, for I sure. I think th- those two calls represent the entire um, purpose and commission of God to his people. Yeah. And I, when I think that Jesus gave that call to his disciples and us as being disciples, we get that same call to us, to me, it, it's humbling thinking about the privilege that we are given to participate with God and with God,
1: with God, with God. Yes.
0: And it's not just like, like we're being given a list of things by God and say, Hey, go go accomplish this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to help you out, but God calls us his friends and we're working alongside God when we're doing his work. Yeah. And to me, that's just a privilege, you know, waking up every morning and thinking like, wow, I actually get to work with God in helping other people grow in their relationship with Jesus, yeah. you know? And I'm, I'm not a Huge. pastor, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm getting paid by the church to, to do something. And I think similarly, like that's the same privilege that our other leaders are given yeah. is that they have the privilege of partnering with God every single day to impact students, to impact other people in their growth, and their walk with Jesus.
1: Yeah, I think we think that like only like only pastors have been like entrusted with something weighty. Yeah. And as you were talking, the thing that kind of spoke to me was like, God has entrusted us with his creation. Yeah. Right. With his people that he loves like me, you leaders that are listening to this, like God has entrusted you say, Hey, I want you to help me grow this person. Yeah. Help me push this person forward. Help me protect this person like you were saying earlier. And
0: we actually play a role in that. Yeah, you know? which is like Crazy. when you really start thinking
1: about that, it's like the creator of the universe is entrusting me, you, whoever's listening to this, to take care of yeah. somebody that he died for. Yeah,
0: for Crazy. Sure. Okay, what's uh, your last one? Yeah, my
1: last one, I'll hit it really quick, is for, I've been here. I've been youth pastor for eight years. And the fruit that I get to see now allows me to continue to believe what if as I'm discipling students and as other uh, people are discipling other students. So, like, I looked around at our youth service um, the other night, and um, I just realized that, like, how cool it is that, like, so many of our leaders are former students. Yeah, yeah. You know, Dimitri, Maggie, Logan, Faith. I mean, I can go on and on and on, right? And uh, that's a testimony to our ministry, to our leaders, to me and Christina. Like, uh, say that proudly because it's, but seeing that fruit is a why. Like, oh man, what if this person is the next Dimitri? What if this person is the next Aaron Tovar? What if this person is the next Faith Holbert, right? Like, in a sense of, man... I can't stop. Like I've seen so much fruit and it's this fruit's not for me. It's again, an awesome just testimony of what discipleship can
0: do. Yeah. Of, literally literally just seeing, looking on the stage of worship and seeing all of those former students is just evidence that what you're doing has purpose.
1: And that it works. Yeah. It takes time, but we have to trust that the The philosophy that Jesus did, it works. And, uh, so seeing that fruit, I'm like, dude, what if this? What if, you know, like, and seeing them now, whoops, seeing them now discipling other people, like that's just a joy. So we'll, we'll move on from there. I do have a cool story, a little bit of a leader highlight. And I think people kind of make discipleship a little too difficult. They're thinking, man. I don't know. I don't know. Any, I don't know enough about the Bible. I don't know how to lead a Bible study. I don't know. But like, look, I got
0: to have everything figured out yeah, before yeah, yeah. I can tell someone yeah. about Jesus. And
1: I think like we we just kind of make it too complicated. And I want to give this picture to sh- show our leaders, like, dude, this is what discipleship is. Uh, we went to Christian James' birthday on Mon- last Monday, and I texted him this and told him this, and uh, he invited his dream team student, his disciple, to his birthday party. Yeah. Like other college people were there, we were there, other leaders were there, but he invited his student to that. And I texted him, I said, look, man, I just want you to know that was super cool mm-hmm. that you invited your student to that, to your party, yeah. because that's what discipleship is. Just Good. bringing them along with you, and growth and relationship happens because of that. Good job, Christian. Hey, everybody give them a hand clap in your car or wherever but anyway that's all it is like bring them along with you and opportunities will come right yeah so okay final tip
0: you want to go first okay i'll go first You go first
1: okay here's my final tip uh as you go into this week and you're like okay i'm about to disciple the student or i'm about to try to or whatever we have to understand that most of students have never been discipled before yeah most students especially that we have aren't um, really churched. So they've never read, they've never prayed, whatever. So if you, this is my tip for you. If you can choose a, if you can start small and choose and make one achievable goal. So for me, my dream team were men, never read the Bible, nothing like that. It's unfair to them to expect them to read three, four, five times this week. Mm. And it's also unfair to me to think that I'm failing when they don't read three, four, or five times this week. So an achievable goal, man, if they read one chapter, if they read one verse, right, this week, man, I've done something, we've moved forward. And I think that that's gonna keep you as the leader encouraged. It's gonna keep the student encouraged, like, man, you did it, like, come on. And I think that that's gonna allow things to snowball. So that's my one tip, start Small.
0: small, one achievable goal. Love it, my one tip for the week is that your success as a discipler is not dependent on the success or failure of your disciple.
1: That's good. So what I mean by that is
0: like, don't feel like you're failing as a discipler if your student didn't read the Bible this week. Yeah. If you get to the end of the year and your student didn't go out and evangelize, Mm. oh, God forbid, oh, they didn't bring someone to church that does not mean that you failed as a disciple, discipler. It
1: means they failed. No, I'm kidding. No, no. I'm, really, <laughs> I'm, mean, kidding, I'm kidding, and okay. And okay.
0: even flip side, let's say that they have this amazing growth uh, in, in their walk with Christ. That doesn't necessarily mean that that was all you. Yeah. Right? You are. Sp- you, your job is just to be obedient. Yeah. Your job is to do what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do and do the very best that you can to help out your student. It's the Holy Spirit's job to actually grow them in their walk with yeah. Christ. So don't put that on you. Don't act like you have the role of the Holy Spirit. Because we're putting too much on ourselves when we're doing that. Yeah. We we can only do the exactly what God gives us in the moment to do and be obedient with it and let the Holy Spirit take care of the rest.
1: Yeah. Hey, thank you all for listening. Hope you have an awesome week. We love you guys.